0: to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, i will introducing your host, Gareth Beckett.
1: Howdy mountain bikers, thanks for being here and welcome to episode number 77 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here as always to help you find out more about mountain biking. How do you get out in the trails, keep you stoked and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for tuning in and being here and let's get off them sofas and onto those saddles. Let's get out in the trails, enjoy a bit of time with friends, get away from the social aspect, that being screens and phones and get out in the nature aspect with a few buddies. And go on those trails, that's what the podcast is about, so thanks for joining me this week and thanks for being here. I just want to say a big shout out to all the guys that are rating and sharing and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcasts, thanks so much for doing that. We're also available on Stitcher, Podbean and Spotify. And if you listen via their methods, thanks so much. You can also go to the website mtb-tribe.com and just listen direct from the website or download it onto your favourite device. So thanks for being here folks. Now onto to this week's show. And we are chatting to the owner and founder of MTB Apparel Company named Pinned Attire. I firstly want to say that Ryan, he just has a crazy inspiring story behind why he started Pinned Attire and donates 100% of his profits to the Air Ambulance. Yes, 100% of his profits. Ryan is a truly committed, generous and selfless individual. It is a pleasure to have him on the show, I must say. He has not made a penny from this and uh, it's just amazing to... To chat to somebody like Ryan about why he does this and why he is so passionate about it. So Ryan has been running his pin to tire company for around two years now um, and through hard work, sleepless nights, loads of hours spent behind the computer plus a number of other things of course, the brand is going from strength to strength. I was once told by a person who runs a number of successful brands that it is now easier to buy a brand than build one. So What Ryan has achieved with pinned attire is fantastic. All the hard work has paid off and, you know, that is what it takes. It takes hard work. There are no shortcuts, no magic pills, and there is no luck involved. It's hard work, late nights, and grind that makes anything a success. So we chat to Ryan about how he has built the brand, what the brand means to him, and what keeps, you know, pushing him forward for, let's face it, no income. He has not made a penny from pinned attire. Yes, he has made a profit, but to him it is more important to support his local air ambulance service than to actually put it in his back pocket. So if you need some new riding gear this season, check out Pinned Attire. Awesome gear. New things coming, new things happening. It's for an awesome cause, which any of us could need at any time on the trails. So please check out the podcast. Have a listen to Ryan, see what it takes to build a company like Pinda Tire and get us great riding gear for the trails. There's lots of new stuff happening for Pin Tire. Ryan tells us all about it. So I'll let Ryan take the mic and I will drop into the background and welcome Ryan to the MTB Tribe podcast. Hi Ryan, welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast. How's things today sir? It's your birthday of all days.
2: It is indeed, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How's the celebrations going?
2: Yeah, very well, thank you.
1: Well, here, it's awesome to get you on the show, and thanks so much for coming on your birthday. That is showing a lot of commitment to your um, brand and uh, getting the word out, possibly, and everything like that. So thanks so much.
2: Oh, it's a pleasure to be on.
1: Cool. Now, uh, you have your own MTB um, brand called Pinned Attire.com is correct yeah. um very nice and i've seen your stuff on social media and all and it's looking very very cool and we will get into all that in a wee bit um but i was wanting to chat to you uh, really just about you a wee bit and just how you get started and all this so whereabouts are you based ryan i'm based in nottingham Yeah, in, in
2: the east midlands
1: okay cool and um What's what's the scene there like? What's the mountain biking and scene and stuff like there?
2: Uh, it's pretty flat here, um, so there's there's quite a quite a few little woodland areas uh, where a lot of lo- local guys uh, chip in and get get on the shovel and build build what they can with with what sort of uh, hillside we've got. Um, a lot of the riding we do is it involves in traveling out quite a bit. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and is there is there many guys mountain biking there? Have you got a good wee crew there?
2: Yeah, yeah, there's, there's quite a lot around here. A lot of dedicate, dedicated guys uh, that like to like to travel out to the good places. Like I say, there's there's quite a lot of a lot of people in the in the local spots, so it's pretty it's pretty cool scene around here.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you see when it's a wee bit flatter? Do you see a lot of guys doing dirt jumping or anything like that? Is that popular there?
2: um there's a little bit of dirt jumping yeah yeah there's there's a few um sort of low-key areas that are just on uh small woodland hillsides where um where a lot of the sort of shoveling shoveling goes to sort of small bike parky areas Mm -hmm. pretty cool setups
1: yeah so i take it it's all natural trail there and stuff what's what's the trail like
2: uh there's a lot of natural natural woodland trails uh like i say they're fairly fairly flat, uh, not too much going on in there. And um, We've got a show of pines as our nearest place if, you, if you've heard of that. That's, uh, it's a cool little loop. Um, it's not it's not too challenging, but it's good to get people into it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you were heading away, where would you head to mostly?
2: Uh, we spend quite a bit of time uh, in Sheffield uh, around the, the Wharncliffe uh, countryside area. Uh, it's pretty cool up there. There's a lot of stuff uh you, well we always find something new when we head out up, up there
1: mm-hmm. and does that take you a day is that like a day trip kind of thing or, or how do you organize uh, that
2: yeah i mean it's it's only about 40 minutes away from us so um a lot, a lot of the summertime we'll, we'll head up there in the evening when, we, when we've got the light um it's it's, uh, it's a bit it's a bit sloppy up there at the moment <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and and what's this season been like for mountain biking? Have you been getting out much? How's the weather been treating you and stuff like that? Yeah,
2: no, it's been it's been a well, l- last year was a, it was just an incredible summer. Um, I think probably probably the best we've had for riding, um, almost to the point where it got too dry, which I don't think I've ever said in my mountain bike life. But no, it was great just to you know to be able to get out most days throughout the summer be it in the evening or the weekends
1: and uh yeah get get out do some riding and meet some cool people yeah it's pretty cool and is is the community where you're out there as a friendly community does everybody know everybody else is you know is it a good scene is a a good friendly scene
2: yeah no it's great Uh, i think i think we find that across the uk really wherever wherever we ride, I think mountain bikers alike, you, you know, you can just go and chat to a group of guys and they'll sort of take you in and, and show you around. I think it's, a, it's quite a, a unique community, I think, compared to, compared to other sports, um, you know, and to be able to go out and ride with, with some of the, some of the top guys, I think as well, you know, you can't do that in other sports. I think that's what makes our sport unique.
1: Mm, yeah, I think that is a very cool aspect of it for sure. And, um, a lot of them top guys are just happy to ride down the mountain with you too. You know what I mean? It's well, they're obviously off in the distance, but you know,
2: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we we'll see, see them at the bottom, but yeah, no, it is, it is a great, it's a great thing for, you know, especially for the younger guys who get to get to see their, their idols as well. I think it's great for the sport.
1: Yeah, certainly. So how did all this mountain biking thing start for you? When did you start mountain biking?
2: Oh, longer than I can remember. I've, I've been on a bike since, uh, it's like a walk really um you know starting with with some bricks and a plank of wood jumping off curbs um at, at a very young age um and i i go into trials biking so i was a trials rider for several years mm-hmm. um, And i think that that certainly helps um the the mountain biking in terms of the technical ability um but I have uh, had several knee operations now, so I sort of ended that and pushed more on with the mountain biking because
1: it's a lot, it's a lot easier on the legs. <laughs> yeah, it's um. So when you were doing the trial stuff, was that all on motorbike then to take it? Uh, no, push push bike trials. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. 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 So that's slightly, well, is, is, does that work in the same way as the motorbike that you get from point A to point B and you have to try and not put your feet down and that kind of stuff? Is that the way yeah, it's scored?
2: Exactly the same format, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And what was the scene like in that? Was that popular?
2: Um, yeah, I think it's, it comes and goes in ways, really. I think when I was riding, um, it seemed to be at, at its peak, you know, you, there was there was regular group rides. um, you know, you travel to different cities and meet up with different guys and um, do a lot of street riding. Um, mm-hmm. And then the, the, the competition side of it was, a, was the other aspect. I, mean, I used to enjoy both of it. Again, just just being out on the bike is what I've always enjoyed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what kind of bike do you use for that, right?
2: Um, it would be a, a very, very small-framed hardtail bike, um, single-speed single Hydraulic rim brakes, very very light, as light as you can, so you can uh, hop around on the all day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, and you would... it's
2: been a while since I've ridden one there.
1: <laughs> and you would have front suspension and and no, no, fully, no.
2: fully rigid bike. Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay.
2: It's all and... like, it's a bit of a power sport, really. It's all on preload and uh, hopping and jumping.
1: Yeah, very very different. But as you say, that's helped you. And just riding trails in the mountain bike. So how do you think that's helped you helped you um, kind of progress into the mountain biking thing then?
2: I think just um, being able to maneuver the bike a bit better. You know, when you're used to hopping up and down walls, you know, dropping off phone boxes and things that we used to do when we were, we were younger. I think when you when you're coming down a trail and there's a, there's a rock or a or a stump or something in the way, it's, uh, it makes it easier to to have the ability to just sort of hop over it rather than rather than have to ride through it
1: hmm Yeah, because I had um I had a guy on the podcast, Nathan McComb, he's, he's up from he's from around my area. Um Nathan's he rides for the Vitus uh team. But he's got his own tour company now set up, Malaga Malaga MTB tours, and um he comes from a trials background. On the motorbike right enough. But Yeah, yeah. Man, the stuff he can do on a mountain bike is just unreal. Danny McCaskill kind of stuff, you know what I mean?
2: Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's just sick. And and Nathan, you know, he obviously thought it just helped his mountain biking so much. It uh, does.
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot, a lot of um, trials riders, especially from when I was. I see a, a lot of the people I used to ride with now. They they've all they're all mountain bikers now. Um, I think trials is such a demanding sport as well. Um, so it's, it's quite nice to have a bit of suspension underneath you for <laughs> to cushion the blows rather than a full rigid bike. But um, yeah, I think it's a natural sort of transition when it when you get a bit older and it, it starts to get a bit tougher on the body.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly watching some of that stuff, you know, and it's that street stuff is just I just look at them guys and go, oh, that's bound to be sore in the knees.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> Skateboarding's the same,
2: huh? Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, okay, so let's uh, let's chat a wee bit about Pinned Attire then. Um, so tell us just briefly what Pinned Attire is and what it is you do.
2: Um, so we're a, we're a small clothing brand. Um, I mean, the idea is to is to try and put affordable clothing out there. Um, and, you know, not necessarily to go up against anyone, but to set ourselves Aside from anyone else, um, you know, affordable jerseys that you can, you've you, not got to worry about. I think mean, there's a lot of people having crashes and ripping up expensive gear now, so we want to be there to to provide the kit that's that you've not got to worry about too much. Uh, mm-hmm. Cool, simple designs um, you know, and yeah. a nice, nice wide range of colours. You know, you can match your bike or match the, the rest of your existing kit
1: yeah the stuff's lovely and uh you've got a good range and all there um it is really cool um so tell us when the idea kind of came about for pen to tire so when when did you start trading as such
2: um so the 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 business now this part of the business has been running for about 18 months so it's still Mm -hmm. still fairly in its infancy um the 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 reason behind the brand was um, my, well, I've, I've worked in the biking stream like, all my working life, but mm-hmm. I did study the design at the college. Um, wow. So I always wanted to, to do something like this, um, put, put my sort of experience and my, uh, my skills together. Um, and uh, about just over four years ago, my, my partner had a very serious bike accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she fell for 30 feet and landed on her head, um, oh, man. and it it, it it nearly killed her. Um, and she she's only here today because of the the air ambulance. And um, mm-hmm. they 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 reckon you know, two minutes longer and she won't be with us today. Um, wow. So we you know we we wanted to give something back to them, um, and I didn't want to just do your your generic sort of charity ride or one-off event. I wanted to build something that could continuously support the Air Ambulance. Um, You know, a lot of people don't know that it is 100% charity-based. There's no Mm funding from the government. So um, when she sort of uh, started to get better, I thought, you know, now's the time to, to, um, to, to build something, you know, with the experience and the skills that I've got um i wanted to to build a brand um to raise awareness um and raise money for the for the ambulance Um so that that is where it started really and the fact that you know with, without them i would say 100 percent she wouldn't be here now um so we, we we built this to try and do everything we can to to raise the, the awareness and, and whatever money we can to, to help support the ambulance and, and give something back, you know, eternally indebted to the, for their services.
1: Yeah, certainly. And and that is pretty awesome that you're doing that and um, that you've been inspired to do that via that accident and, and actually do something proactive about it is, is very, very good. Um, so... The air ambulance, it's one of those things, you know, we just take for granted, really. We kind of, yeah. you know, it, it's one of those, and I know back home in Northern Ireland, there was, and you know, I must look into that, because I'm not even sure if the air ambulance still exists, because like you say, it is 100% um, charity funded. Yeah. And I know I know, a while ago, I, I'm not sure if it's, if it's still here or not, but um, I must look into that, but yeah, so did you have to contact them guys? How did that work? How did you get in contact with them just to say you were doing this?
2: Um we we've sort of stayed in in contact with them since um, they they've uh, done a few articles on uh, Sarah and my partner um, and we 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 stayed in touch with them. Uh we we've, we've been to they kindly invited us to a couple of their launches and um, to, to launch a new helicopter and um, yeah so they like I say we've just stayed in touch so um, now it's just about you know doing doing what we can uh, mm-hmm. for them um, so yeah we, we speak to them quite a, quite a regular basis which is pretty cool you know she's been back to meet the the, the pilot and the paramedic that actually. Uh, scraped off the floor, <laughs> wow. so uh, you can't often get to do that with the, with the medical services. Um, so that that's been pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty crazy. So how does that have, uh, a ticket you phoned nine nine nine? Yeah. So yeah. how do, how does the air ambulance end up coming out then?
2: Um, so uh, I I thought sort of, um, well I. I've, I picked her up off the floor, I turned her over, and um, I mean, at, at the time, I thought she was dead. Um, so I think the, the 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 team on the end of the phone were absolutely fantastic, um, and they they knew they knew it was a, a serious case, um, but we were actually in a quarry as well, so the the standard ambulance service wouldn't have been able to get her out. Mm-hmm. So um, we've we've. Giving them that information, they they, they knew that uh, you know it was it was a critical time, um, so they they made the call into the into the ambulance for us, and you know it was there in in minutes.
1: Wow, that's pretty amazing. That, that's very good. And you know, as mountain bikers, we probably don't think about those things. We're in areas where you know ambulance and vehicles can't get to.
2: Yeah, yeah, you don't, you really don't think about things like that until uh, moments like that happen.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Well, well done, sir. Well done. Um, and I'm sure the air ambulance is, is really happy that um, you're doing something there for them. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, they're
2: really used the
1: it. Yeah. So tell us a wee bit about your background then. So you've worked in the bike industry. What kind of stuff were you doing?
2: Um, started off as a mechanic. I think it was all 16, 17 years ago now. Um, At the same time, uh, I was studying art and design at at college, Um, and then yeah, it just sort of took off from there. Really, Um, I went from from mechanic, did a bit of sales, got into a bit of the training side of it, training bike mechanics, and then moved up to sort of management, um, where I'm a, a retail and service manager at the moment.
1: Right. Okay. Cool. And is that for somebody we know, or can you even uh, no, mention their name? <laughs>
2: it's small, it's a small company. Uh, it's, a, it's a group. Have a couple of shops. Uh, the main, the main shop is uh, it's called Vaults Bikes. It's quite a cool, cool setup. Um, it's a, a coffee shop, bike shop, setup. It's quite a cool, um, little place. That we, you know, we do bike rides from and stock a bit of the kit in there as well, which is, which is nice.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose. Yep, you can you can um, sell through there. That's cool. um And as far as the bike store thing goes, how do you think that's all going with the direct to consumer stuff and all now? Do you, is there still a, a market there for the bike store? Because I've heard some scary statistics about it quite recently.
2: Yeah, there's there's been a lot of uh, shop closures. um I've, I've been there. I've been involved with them in the past. Um, yeah, it could be a scary time. Um, I think the the key is the key to success is um, is to to make yourself different and, and make sure that you're providing uh, good quality services that the internet can't provide, um, and and work with the internet. You know, if people want to buy off the internet, then you know let them know that you're happy to. To fit the parts for them and and you know make make money that way and you know try try and build a community with your store. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what we've tried to do. Um, we join up with the with the local mountain bike clubs. Um, we we hold the odd little event here and there, barbecues and stuff, and you know keep keep people in the forefront of your mind. Um, and then I think that way they they'll often give you a chance before for the internet and the direct to consumer i think things like bike fitting uh, sizing correctly uh, are very important um, it's all right looking at a size chart online but you know working with bike fitters in the past that, that that doesn't always work out so i think it's it's really important to to support your local bike shop because um you know the, people only realize how much they miss them when they're gone you know when, you, when you're about to go out for a ride and you realize that you your brake pads are worn out. You can't. The internet can't help you then, can it? Mm-hmm.
1: No, it's very true. And you know, have you seen in the store? Have you seen that side of things, the maintenance side of things, grow over the last number of years?
2: Um, yeah, I think it's. Um, it, it, it needs to be a big part of, a, of your business, um, the bike shop. And I think you know the, the shops that I've been involved in. That's what I've always tried to get right first. Um, I think that's what we've always tried to push. You know, the labour is is um, very important to to a bike shop, and like I say, you know, it's something that the internet can't provide for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, recently, you know, January, December, January, February, are normally really quiet times for the bike industry. Um, but we've seen uh, repairs pick up, and I don't know whether it's the uncertainty of uh, of, of, of the Brexit and stuff, and people are, are fixing their bikes rather than buying new ones, but there's certainly been an increase over the last couple of months on, on that side of things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it is so important, you know, and even if that's, if this, the kind of direct consumer stuff from the likes of Canyon and YT and that, if that continues to grow, I think they're going to have to set up something with local bike stores. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: You know, you know, their bikes can either be delivered to the bike store and set up in the bike store um and whether they take a a hit on what their profits are or however it's worked or if you invoice them or whatever but i think that and the maintenance of their bikes are going to have to be done at local bike stores i can't see how they themselves will be able to organize that you know so
2: I think from um, from a, a warranty and service point of view, they, they, they do, you know, a lot of the direct-to-consumer brands are, are happy to advise you to go to your local bike shop and get them to invoice you. Um, mm. So there, there is a bit of that already. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, um, shipping, shipping to a bike shop and, and having them build it and, and maybe maintain for a small fee, I think, could work for both parties.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. It'll be interesting over the next few years just to see how it goes. Yeah,
2: definitely. Yeah, yeah I'm starting to dominate a bit.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, and just on that point, we're getting a wee bit away from pinned, but we'll get back to that. What What are you riding at the minute? What bike are you on at the minute?
2: Um, I'm on a Merida
1: um, 160 enduro bike. hmm Very nice. And is that is that a 29er?
2: It's not now. No, um, I think for the enduro side of things, I'll, I don't know. We, we was having a deep discussion about this yesterday, um, and, I, and I think a lot of it is down to um, rider size. I think you know if you're sort of under under five foot, um, I think you know you you probably are better off sticking with the 650 on the for the aggressive riding. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you're a lot taller, you can you can handle the bigger wheels a bit better. So I think there's a again there's a lot to learn in the bike industry about wheel sizing. Um, I, I believe this should be the option um, for both within the size range. Uh, there's a couple of couple of brands that are starting to do that at the moment, which is pretty cool. Um, I think rather than just having one wheel fits all, um, you know, you, you, they change the stem length, the bar width, and things like that. And I think you know the wheel size can be quite important as well. You know, somebody who's five foot five um, is gonna it's not going to be sitting in the twenty nine inch wheels very well.
0: No.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, and I think that old debate will go on for quite a while. I, I was reading something yesterday, and it was saying I think it was on single tracks. And it was saying um, they're finding that a lot of the companies are pushing for 29s now. And the 27.5, 650 thing might just be, course, slowly but surely aging out. Yeah,
2: I think it, you, you see it, you know, I say over the years, you see it. It's um, a lot of these trends. Yeah. You know, what What the guys, normally it's a trickle down from. The, the downhill races, but I think you know enduro racing's got so big now. Um, you know, if the top guys are, are riding a thirty-inch wheel, thirty-two-inch wheel next season, then everyone's going to want that. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think I think there'll be a, there, there's a place in the market for the, for the six fifty wheel for, mm-hmm. for a time to come. And, a, and like I say, I, I I believe it's size related, really.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. To be honest, I tend to agree with you. Um, so, okay. So you had the idea for your pinned attire brand. Um, did you validate the idea in any way? Did you see if guys wanted it? How did you go about that?
2: Um, speaking of relying on friends, really. Uh, feedback. I think the hardest thing to do is to come up with a brand name. Um, that, that always takes, takes a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, get, you know, getting, getting feedback from, from friends and, and riders that I, I tr- trust uh, and getting some early samples and then, you know, dishing them out to people I like know and getting them to try them. That's, that's where it all sort of evolved from. Um, we, we, we started with, with two brands. So I did start a road brand first. And the idea was to, to run both um, until one was doing better than the other. And... Um, mm-hmm. And then the idea was to sell the other brand and, and again donate the, the profits of that to, to the air ambulance, and that's where we're at right now. Um, you know, Pinder's has, has grown um, a lot, a lot quicker than than I thought. Um, you know, we're starting to see the jerseys out there now. We're getting great, great feedback. Um, think a, a, a good thing for me is we, we're sort of getting confused with big corporations which we're, we're certainly not but i think that that's positive feedback to, to say that we must be doing something right
1: yeah. yeah it's it's interesting when that happens like when you see somebody wearing your top like how does that make you feel
2: oh i see it's fantastic yeah um, we 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 do custom kit as well. Um, so we've done uh, quite a lot of uh, clubs and teams. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a local, as a local club that we we do do their jerseys for, mm-hmm. and, um, and there must be about over well over two hundred of them in the local area now. Wow! Uh, so yeah, we see them quite regularly. And that's, that's the Knots Outlaws, they're, they're a, a big. Big old group in in the uh, sort of North Knots area, um, and we've done a we've done a kit uh, partnered up with the the Burn Crew, the guys down at Woburn. Um, fantastic bunch of guys, but, you know, when you when you see that kit upside down uh, over a forty foot jump, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good feeling.
1: <laughs> yeah, it must be. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, so that's awesome you had the idea you've kind of validated the idea so how did you move forward from that then how did you go about finding manufacturers and things like that
2: that's um a very tedious long old process um uh, i think for me it was key that um i started the road brand first because um that was where i made all my mistakes um and I think I went into starting Pinned with um, a lot more knowledge than I had before. Um, and I was already using various manufacturers for that. And It was good to keep testing with different um, different manufacturers for the, the custom kit. So I, could, you know, I was getting a sample for a, a club or a team and then we were ordering bulk loads and then effectively they were testing the product for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, from there, it's just about you know finding the, the ones that work well for you that you that you trust and and they give the quality garment at the, at the right at the right price.
1: Yeah, and do you source? Uh, are your manufacturers based in the UK or are they outside the UK? Um,
2: there's a bit a bit of everything really. Um, there's a small bit of UK. Um, I, I'd love to use more, but it's it's a real struggle to hit that hit that price point, we want to be at. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, you know, it's it's not about it's not about making money for me. Um, you know, I don't I haven't paid myself a, a, a dime since we started, and, and I don't intend to because that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, but to to get the jerseys and the and the new products we're doing at, at the right price to be to be cheaper than the, the big brands. Um, you know, you have to outsource. You know, we, we use We've used places in uh, Italy, Romania, um, China, India, various places all over over the world. And, you know, we've used many, many different manufacturers and, you know, I won't put anything out there that uh, I wouldn't ride myself.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. It must take a lot of time and effort to find manufacturers, especially if you're going to three or four different ones. Um, It's pretty crazy.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, a, it's a long old process. Um, yeah. And then you've got lead times as well. So, um, you know, you've got, to, you've got to factor that into the equation. Um, mm. You know, we've got the, the new Enduro pants that are, are dropping in the next week or so, and they've been a, a long time in the, in the making. Um, mm. So you, you've got to factor that in in terms of getting them in for the right season and, and, and things like that as well.
1: Yeah, it's a difficult old process. Um, I know I, I've worked in the, the surf industry for quite a while. And um, I know when we were ordering stuff, you know, you were doing it at least eight or nine months in advance. So at one state, you know, you were, you were still, let's just say you were still trying to sell out your summer season stuff, you know, and you were just starting to receive it. But yet you were ordering for the next season almost yeah and it's yeah. just it's just so difficult to balance that correctly.
2: Yeah, I think that this is why um, you know the start of our range has been the stuff that you can get away with all season. Um, so I don't really have a dedicated summer and winter range at, at the moment as we mm-hmm. as we're trying to grow. Um, that's why the main thing has been the jerseys um, that's why we we're branching out into the, the downhill and the enduro pants now. Um, most people ride them um, all year round, um, mm-hmm. and then you know, hopefully for the summer we'll we'll, we'll start getting some shorts in as well. Uh, but yeah, it can be um, a lot of planning, but it's, yeah, I think we're quite we're quite lucky that a lot of people wear a lot of this stuff all year round.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're quite lucky in the UK almost um, for stuff like that because you can get away with pants and stuff all year round.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certainly. <laughs>
1: Um, so what kind of relationship do you have with the manufacturers, you know, is it something that, you know do you chat to them quite a lot about materials and things like that, because the materials, I know jerseys are are more or less polyester, but the shorts and and the enduro bottoms and stuff like that, you'll have maybe two or three different materials in there so do you have a good relationship with the manufacturers about stuff like that?
2: Yeah, definitely Um, you know, I've I've got I've got probably I would say three main manufacturers that I deal with now on a on a regular basis. Um and you know, do developing the the, the NGO and the and the down pants is, um yeah, it's been it's been an exciting process. Um but yeah, it's it's a, it's a regular quite quite regular to it and variant, um, you know, to m- make sure that you that you get it right. Um you know getting getting the cut right the fit right you know you're never going to build something that that suits everyone Mm -hmm. um but you know we've tried to put certain parts in there um around the waist so that you know you can you can taper it off or you can wear them a little bit looser um so we, we 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 are working with them regularly to try and you know come up with the I won't say perfect product um, because there's no such thing, but as you know, as, as close as, as we, we can get it. And you know, I've I've been um, I do a lot of the the tests mm-hmm. um, and developing myself. And we're we're pretty happy with with what's about to about to drop.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I know I know the the pants you have on the website, the um, the kind of army green and black ones. They look amazing
2: yeah yeah they're, they're, they're pretty cool i mean we we bought a small number of them in um and they went far quicker than i i could have imagined um mm-hmm. so we've we've had a bit of a stock issue on that so um they're 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 coming in again on this next delivery in in a week or so with another colorway um yeah a lot of people ask for black so uh, yeah, yeah the, the black ones the black version are coming in um I'd
1: say along with the the version as well. Very cool, very cool. Now, when when you got started up, I'm sure you had to outlay quite a lot of money to purchase stock, etc., etc. Yeah. Did this take a leap uh, a leap of faith? Uh, did it scare you a wee bit? How did you manage that situation? Yeah, it's pretty. It can be pretty scary. Um,
2: I don't know. I I sort of believed in what what we were doing um yeah it's a big investment um i think um sarah does all the worrying for me <laughs>
0: um,
2: yeah so um yeah you know you've just gotta you've gotta believe in what you're doing um and I, I i've got a lot more confidence now um because we've got fantastic support from the the team riders that ride for us mm. um they they do such a a fantastic job you know we've got different styles of, of riders riding for us this year um, and there's 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 enough of them as well and they, they you know they're providing regular fantastic content for us um which takes a big bit of pressure you know when i first started it was full-on um every bike ride ended up being a photo shoot to just try and get the the, the content for social media and to try and get it out there um, but like I say, the, these guys, the work that they do for us on a almost daily basis, some of them, um, it, it's absolutely fantastic. And they they all understand what what I'm trying to do, um, the reasons behind the brand. And like I say, they take a massive, massive bit of pressure off, off my shoulders.
1: Mm-hmm. How did you go about choosing your team? You've got quite a good team there, a big team, haven't you?
2: yeah um <laughs> a lot more than i anticipated <laughs> uh, there's so many quality riders out there um and so when uh, when we first started up on social media we we launched a competition um just just to tag taggers and you know we we had a, a, a fair few riders not not that many yet, um compared to this year but um, you know, we, we sifted through and, and selected you know the, the first lot of riders to, to support us and then we you know after the success of that we we did the same again this year. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if we'll be doing it again next year as we grow in because <laughs> um we had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of applicants to to sort through. Mm-hmm. Um we do get asked on a regular basis if we we would support. More riders, which again, you know, it's it makes us feel proud of what we're doing if people want to represent us. So, um, so yeah, we we launched the competition again this year. We 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 sorted through, um, yeah, a lot of late nights. Um, but we we we're, we're happy with the guys we've got. Um, we've got our first sort of international rider this year, and we've kept on some of the guys from last year. You know, I would have, I'd have loved to have kept everyone on that um, you know when you're 100% self-funded and you don't take a salary out of it it's a, it's a lot of stuff you are giving away so you've just got to optimize your exposure I guess um, and, and like I say we're, we're, we're really excited um, with the guys plans for the, what they're doing this year. Um, we've got uh, we've got a bit of support on the side for the team as well um we've got richard scott designs who who does custom decals he's uh going through the guys one by one at the moment and supplying them with some custom pinder tire uh fork decals and, and card decals and they look pretty cool mm. um, definitely worth having a look at his site um and we we've had um uh, uh Joby Newson, who's um, done some videos for us last year, and they were they were fantastic. He's a he's a mountain biker, but he you know he's a he's a, he's a filmmaker as well, and uh, approached us about you know getting involved with us, and he, he did some really cool shoots for us um, at the back end of the year, um, which again you know that sort of helps with with our promotion as well.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, and what did the team riders? expect from you and what do you expect from them? Is it something do you have to draw up a contract and all for the likes of that?
2: Um at the moment we we you know we're just working on a on a trust basis. You now I worked with uh, quite a few of these guys from last year. Um yeah you know, I I don't like to put too much pressure on them at all. Mm-hmm. Um I, I want people that um just enjoy riding a bike. Um, and we, we want to support that. Um, like I say, there's there's no real pressure on them, but we we provide them with kit. They get out there. Um, they you know they don't necessarily pushes in a way that that the pro riders do. The idea is that you know it's about the relatable guys. Um, just just to see people out there having fun in, in our kit. You know that's that's what we want from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, and like I say, they, they do a, a fantastic, fantastic job of it. Um, like I say, hence the reason we've, we've kept so many of them on from last year.
1: Yeah, it's such a massive part of any brand now, isn't it, is the social media thing and it's connecting with your customer base and and getting the image you want to portray out there. And I suppose you need the right kind of writer to do that too and somebody that's kind of sold into your values and everything else. Um. But yeah, there's, yeah, there's there's the definite opportunity out there with social media and stuff, um, and you see a lot of these ambassadors now. Um, but it's cool; it's it's helped your brand.
2: But um, well, and- you know, we're, we're about, without those guys, we we wouldn't be. Well, we probably would not be sat here talking to you now. Mm. So they've um,
0: that
2: that is the. In terms of promotion, we, we don't we don't do a lot else. I think. Um, you know, Instagram and Facebook, it, it's, it's a big part of everyone's life there. Mm-hmm. Um, so by, by sticking some cool content on there, um, you know, that, that attracts people to your brand. And, and I think, you know, again, the, the key for us is to get the, to get the message across of, of, of what we're trying to do. And I think, you know, we've had a lot of messages from people saying that, you know, they've, they've, they've bought our kit because they want to support the, support the cause.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah no that's really cool man that's that's cool and i'm sure that makes it all worthwhile when you hear stuff like that oh definitely yeah yeah that's cool right let's talk a wee bit about design ryan um and i'm sure your background has helped in that so can you take us through kind of the design process from idea to finished product and how you go about that kind of thing
2: yeah um i try not to force the ideas, um, I, like, I like them to sort of come to me naturally. So I'll always I'll always be near a pen and paper, um, and you know if we if we get uh, if I come up with a sort of concept idea in my mind, then you know we'll get it down on paper, mm-hmm. um, we'll try and develop it from there, um, and then we you know start transferring it over to the computer and coming up with the, the designs on that um the artwork's all about building building up the, the layers and once you've got it in, in the right the right format and you're, you're happy with the way that it the way that it looks um then we we send it off for, for a sample mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty, it's fairly straightforward um you know the, the, it can be quite frustrating when you get a you get a design idea in your head and you can't quite get that onto onto the jersey so there can be a bit of to and fro in but um you know normally they it, it's it's fairly straightforward um it's quite it's quite different designing for clubs and teams because you've gotta you've got to get their idea out of their head <laughs> and get that onto onto the uh, onto the artwork so it can be a lot more to and fro in that way i think um, the design process for, for the brand is more about you know what what I think is going to work. Um, and again, you know we get we get feedback from from friends and, and local riders on on uh, new designs before we uh, before we put them out there. Um, but you know the the custom side of it can be a bit more tricky.
1: Yeah, and are you one of these guys that you'll be sitting in a coffee shop and you get an idea and you scrap you scrabble down a design on a napkin?
2: yeah yeah and done. Yeah. Um, yeah two o'clock in the morning I could be uh, wide awake and have to get up and uh, and go and get something down on paper just so I can go to sleep um, I'm definitely a, a thinker I'm always I'm always trying to think about what's next and, and how to do it and uh, yeah it can be quite demanding you know doing a full-time job uh, on, on on top of on top of this, you know, all this work's done in in my spare time. Mm. Um so yeah, it's
1: uh yeah, it's definitely been done before. Yeah, like and I was I was going to ask you that, you know, like you obviously have the reason for doing it behind um your partner's accident and stuff like that, which obviously really pushes you forward. Yeah. But I'm sure it's really difficult working, you know, forty Plus hours a week or whatever, and then doing this on top of it, and especially when you're not really getting any financial benefit out of it. I know you're getting benefits in other ways, but you know it's bound to be draining on you.
2: Um, it, it comes in waves. Um, so you know, if we've got uh, if we've got a couple of custom products we're working on, and we've got some new products for for ourselves that we're trying to launch. Um, you know. I, I think um, just before Christmas was a really busy period, we we did uh, probably 10 days, 10 days straight of ridiculous hours, you know, a full, full-time job working days off and then working through till, you know, nearly midnight every night. Um, mm-hmm. it, it can take its toll, um, but, you know, on the flip side, you do get times where it's, it's a bit quieter so the last the last couple of weeks have been a bit quieter because we've got all the new products that has been designed the latest custom uh kits that we're we've, we've been working on for some local clubs again um they're they're all done and they're all processed and we're just about to sort of order them so you know we've, we've got a few weeks where it's it's a bit quieter um and then you know the the new product all, all land um, we'll have to you know get the photos sorted get the the promotion sorted, get it uploaded on the site um, and and get it out to the uh, to the team riders um, so that that again that will be a busy time so it, it it's up and down
1: mm-hmm. yeah and that's the thing you know and it's one of those things I suppose. The, the management of the time is so so important because you know you're waiting on the product coming from the factories then you, like you say you have to get images together so that it can go on the website so that it can go to your team writers before you even start to think about selling the thing
2: yeah, yeah definitely.
1: you know so it's a difficult pro- it's, just, it's just not as easy as a lot of people would think I'm sure and takes a lot of time and energy
2: the, the the key thing of time management is um making sure that you've still got time to go ride your bike. Yes. That's, that's where we draw the line. <laughs> so,
0: um
2: yeah, we've gotta we've gotta make sure that we're still getting out there and, and, uh, and finding the time to, to ride and enjoy ourselves as well. That's you know, that's real key to 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 making it all work really. You know, you can't be bogged down, you know, all of the year. Um, mm-hmm is getting on top of you so yeah there's there's quite a bit of an element of time management but
1: you know we we make it work yeah cool and i was wanting to chat to you as well about just materials and you know how materials change quite often do you keep up to date with the latest materials or do the factories kind of help you with that how does that work
2: yeah i think technology I don't know. I think what we're trying to do as a as a brand, um, I, I sort of believe that um, again, completely opposite to to when we did the road brand. You know, I think, I think the road brand was really important to to understand technology and materials because it, it's performance related. Whereas with with pinned, um, you know, we, we we're trying to hit a price point um, and you know putting out this high performance. Quality material is not always the the goal. I think um, some of it's not. <laughs> I don't believe it's always needed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, unless you're looking at you know, high end, breathable, waterproof products, which we're we're, you know, we're certainly not at the moment. Um, you know, the, the the technologies are there; they they are available to us, but it pushes us into into the price point that we we don't really want to be. Um, at the
1: moment. mm-hmm, yeah, I can understand that, and you know not everybody wants to spend a hundred plus pounds on a pair of shorts that's it exactly you know it's 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 a lot of money for a pair of shorts like
2: yeah you, you know you can spend over a hundred pound on a jersey and you can um you can wear it once and put a great big hole in it um mm. you know and that that's You know, it's from so many years of riding that um that's made me decide that this is where we want to be. Yeah, you know, it's all it'd be cool to to have that premium brand that that does all this high end stuff, but it's just not I don't I don't think it's the the part of the market for us. It's not where we want to be. You know, it's Mm -hmm. still still good quality stuff. It, It it lasts. You know, our guys have been riding, you know, some of the same jerseys for well over a year now week in week out and um, we've we've not we've not seen any holes yet um uh, no, no garments falling to bits so <laughs> i think you know it, it, to be able to hit that price point still put out a, a quality jerseys right? that, that is where we want to be in the market
1: mm-hmm. yeah very cool and how about stock and stuff like that how do you work out stock levels
2: um stock levels we we try and keep them low the, the turnaround around once, once the full design process is done um a couple of our manufacturers for our key garments uh can turn stuff around in sort of three to four weeks um so uh, the, this time of year we, we're we're pretty low on stock um we're just sort of building up again for, for spring and summer really with with the jerseys um yeah we had a, a good a good run into the Christmas period, which cleared out most of it, and um, like I say, we've got the, the new bits and bobs that are, that are coming in, um, and that, that's effectively how we, we manage the stock levels, you know, we, we can order small quantities, um, mm-hmm. again, this is why we work with certain suppliers that we do, you know, we don't have to order a thousand garments at a time, mm-hmm. we, we can we can do the, the, the small, small quantity orders um which you know really helps us from a from a a cash flow point point of view which is really important to
1: to any business really yeah definitely and how do you go about um bringing in new designs or updating designs then do you wait until your stock levels are a, a certain minimum before you would introduce a new design say um
2: no no not really i mean we as I said to you before, you know, we sort of try to let, let the ideas come naturally. Um, we'll, we'll always have, um, we'll, be, we'll be a few designs ahead. Um, and because, uh, like I say, the, the jerseys uh, are not really seasonal. Um, you know, we, we're mainly doing three quarter and long sleeves. So, you know, you can wear them throughout the season being in a lightweight jersey. So we're now we've got... Um, a base level of, of product. Um, it's just about trickling new designs in as and mm-hmm. when. Well.
1: Yeah, very cool. What's been your best selling item today Do you think uh,
2: the, the the downhill pants that we just that we just had?
1: Really? Um, wow.
2: Yeah. Apart from the very miniature size that I've got left, um, they they sold out um, in in a couple of weeks. Um, so we. Uh, we had the sample. Uh, we didn't release any pictures at first, and uh, we went uh, we went over to Bike Park Wales to do some riding, and um, we took them with us to do a bit of a bit of product testing. And the morning, the morning we woke up, ready to go up the up the hill, um, I thought, uh, let's let's put a little little teaser out and see what happens.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: And yeah, just inundated with um, you know emails and questions of when when are these coming. You know we put what sort of price point we were looking to do and to get a, you know a durable um, abrasion proof fabric downhill pan uh, under well under 90 pounds now it was listed as sub hundred um, you know it, it I think it it surprised people that we could do that um, so we you know we, we hit the button and um, yeah sold out. and and the first for the first time for us as well it, it Took it international as well, um, so yeah, a few few European countries um, bought into those as well, which was yeah, it's a, a pleasant surprise for us.
1: Wow, that's uh, cool. So the, the the base of your customers are UK, I would say.
2: Yeah, definitely, yeah, one hundred percent. We we try and uh, like I say, we all our riders apart from this year, um, while well, we have a, a French rider riding for us this year. Um, they're all UK, so a lot of the, the promotion is, is based around the UK riders and the UK senior. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, obviously with with um, Instagram and, and Facebook, people are searching on certain hashtags from all around the world. Um, and, yeah, like I say, with the, with the Daniel Pants, uh, they went out to uh, Latvia, Germany, and, uh, you know, a few other, a few other countries, and um, off the back of that, that got us, um, we, we did a good custom kit order out to the US as well. Wow. Yeah, which again took us by surprise. You know, you, you sort of think you're just focusing on the UK market. And then, you know, uh, somebody reached out to us who, who saw what we were about, they understood what we were doing, and um, yeah, ordered a, a good size custom order out to, out to the US. It was a great, great project to work on
1: happy days oh that's nice to hear that now cool so how can people buy your product um is it available it's available through your own website of course
2: yeah um that that's the mainstream um initially we were looking at putting it in shops but um i think uh to the two concerns uh you know obviously the shop needs to make money um mm-hmm. and that's just taken out of the profit that's the reason that we're trying to build the brand, um, so I think to us it's quite important that we, we stay direct to consumer. Um, we do, I do have it in the in uh, the, the store that I'm involved with, um, but that's you know more just a case of supporting that store and, and a little bit of a, a showroom for for the kit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's one of those kites twenty twos, isn't it? Unless you're doing massive quantities and can get that economy of scale, you can't really sell it through stores because you don't. You basically wouldn't make any money because all the profit yeah. would go to the store.
2: I think there's still potential to do it, but the the problem for me is you know, doing everything from uh, design, posting, website, social media myself. Um, mm-hmm. the, the last thing I need is to. To be on the road and being a sales rep as well, because there literally yeah. would be no hours left in the day. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, don't, I just don't think it's it's a possibility. We've we've been approached by um, several shops now about about stocking it, and as much as I'd love to just say yeah, I think you know ma- managing um, their stock levels as well as ours, it's, yeah, it's too much for for one person
1: yeah yeah well it's it's good that you know that i think um rather than putting it out there and then coming across a lot of different issues and problems that you can't really fix and maybe damaging the image of the brand or something like that
2: yeah definitely um i think yeah my my yeah, years of experience in in the industry is well, what sort of how we make those decisions
1: mm-hmm. yeah and do you attend race events or anything like that to sell the product
2: uh, no not at the moment um it, it's certainly um something that we want to do um but again, you know just uh covering a stand and, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, get the time to be at, be at these events we are probably a short way away from that yet so um i'm hoping to get to a couple this year um, I certainly get get to the events where I can um where uh our riders are.
1: A, a racer. and um, it's always good to go and um, have a catch-up with those guys yeah certainly no no it's cool um and it's always nice to see the guys out with your with your tops or you you know um i know some of the local boys at home i'll sponsor kind of local races and stuff and you know give jerseys away for free and things like that and it's always nice to do that too
2: yeah definitely yeah, like I'd say we certainly want to get involved in it in the future, but it's um, yeah, I think it's more a, a time thing at the moment.
1: Yeah, certainly. Okay. So anything new happening for the near future? Now, you did uh, mention your enduro pant and stuff like that. Anything else you want to kind of mention to us or anything that we can expect in the near future or keep an eye for?
2: Yeah, we're working. Um, we've been trying to develop some gloves um, over the last few months uh there's there's been some sneak peek of uh some of the samples um through the social media but we're we're pretty close to to being happy then um i personally i've always been really fussy about my gloves which is probably why this is taking longer than anything else to develop um but um we're, we're getting closer now um and i'm i think we're well fingers crossed we're probably one one more sample away from um, the the final product. Mm-hmm. So yeah, gloves, shorts, and um, a bit more casual wear uh, will be coming over the over the next couple of months. Hopefully, the the casual wear will be um, ready in time for for summer. And mm-hmm. um, there's a couple couple of new jerseys um, along with that as well. Um, and then hopefully we'll have a few a few colorway options on the uh, enduro pants as well.
1: Cool, man it's all exciting it's it's all happening and I'm, it's keeping you busy that's for sure
2: it definitely is
1: <laughs> do you do you still enjoy it like do you do you get you know do you get passionate about the new product are you still really into it
2: yeah i i, I love it um i wouldn't i, you know, I, I would struggle physically to, to do it if i didn't if i wasn't so passionate about it um obviously a massive part of the drive is is what we're trying to do for the ambulance um but you know at the same time it's just it's fantastic to see you know i i, I know how many hours I, I put into this um and it, it's it's great to see people out there having fun on the trails um in in the kit that you know that means so much to us a lot more to us than a lot of people that um so, yeah it's,
1: yeah the, the, the passions definitely there cool man that's cool so how can people find you where do they go to follow you on Instagram and stuff like that
2: Instagram hit us up on pinda tire um, same on Facebook and and, and on the website we uh, tire calm keeping us as simple
1: cool man that's awesome well Ryan listen it's been it's been great to get you on and chat Um about about your business there and what you're up to and I think your stuff's really cool and I'm really excited about this new stuff
2: yeah thank you yeah we are too
1: no bother well here listen keep up the good work and, and thanks for setting aside some time because you are a super super busy man and uh, it's uh, been great to have you on the podcast
2: uh, thanks for having us We really appreciate
1: it I hope you enjoyed that folks that's a wrap for episode 77 and ryan it was an absolute pleasure man to have you on the show have a chat with you see what goes behind making an apparel company and a riding gear company like pinned attire and i hope everything goes super super well for you in the future Uh, what you're doing there man is you know it's beyond words really um your commitment your passion all the hard hours all the hard work you do all you're spending all your spare time except for riding bikes of course and um donating all that uh, profit to the air ambulance it is amazing to hear somebody like yourself doing that so thanks so much for coming on the show and i hope being on the podcast helps drive some people to your site and buy some gear off you for that great cause so ryan thanks again bud Now, folks, if you want to know more about Ryan and what he does with pinned attire, etc., just go to mtb-tribe.com, go to the show notes of Ryan's episode, and you'll get quick links there for easy access for yourself to Ryan's site and his, his socials and stuff like that, so you can get in contact and buy some great gear off him and support a great cause. Now, I just want to say a quick one that there will be no podcast episode next week. I am going snowboarding with a few friends that I don't see enough and um, I'm going to kind of take a back seat. I just want a week away from everything. I'm not going to be on socials that much and um, I'm just going to have a, a week's holidays and not really worry about the podcast or about socials or all that and kind of de-stress and get myself away from that whole environment and just go and enjoy the clean air and the mountains and the snow with a few very very good friends so no podcast next week folks but we will return the following week no problem with another exciting episode so until that time thanks so much for tuning in thanks so much for all your social interaction with me and sending emails and stuff if you want to get involved via the socials you can find us on facebook and instagram at mtb tribe and if you want to drop me an email just go to the website mtb-tribe.com there's an info page there that you can fill out and just send me any thoughts or feelings you have about the podcast anybody you want to hear from on the podcast or any kind of areas or things you would like covered on the podcast just drop me an email And I will try and get that sorted for you. So thanks again, folks, for being here, for listening to the podcast and supporting the show. And um, if you want to support a wee bit more, just share it with friends. Just share it along your socials. Take a screen, snap, send her out, share it with pals and mates. That's the best way, word of mouth, just to get the show out there. Thanks again, folks. I will speak to you in a couple of weeks this time. So until then, I hope you get out in the trails. Enjoy yourselves and stay safe.